This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam has a fucked up confession. Charlene has zero headspace. And we talk mommy's mental health with some of our fave influencers, Mrs. Chloe, Miss Lucky Pony, and On the Couch with Carly. Hello. <laughs> so we're doing things a bit differently because we've got a fully packed bag this episode. It's a, it's a, a doozy. It's a, it's a big <laughs> one. We've got, we've got lots to cover. Uh, but I thought seeing as we're chatting mommy's mental health, we'll talk about these mommy's mental health first, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> what is this confession? Let's hear it. I really didn't want to share this with anybody, but then I uttered it out loud to Ray. And during the interview with um, one of our guests today, or one of our guests, yeah, on this episode, I actually told her and she was just like, you know, it is what it is. And that's that, okay, so right now we don't know um, at all if there's going to be an extension on the lockdown. But... I've been keeping myself super busy and have had to, but most importantly, I think I really love what we do with The Great Equalizer. I don't always love the work that I do, the the writing work that I do. Sometimes it's a little bit mundane and sometimes it's, and right now having to navigate that with Ray and Elijah at home, it's been super difficult. I can't just sit at my table by myself and bash out work before I go fetch Elijah from school I've really it's been it's been difficult to sit down and work so I've had the thought that I really hope there is an extension on the lockdown so that when I'm done with my deadlines for work I can enjoy the what people are enjoying about the lockdown which I was (laughs) like that is that is so messed up on so many levels, and it's not lost on me that um, obviously an extension would be devastating to the economy and a lot of families and and all of that. So it's for selfish reasons that I had this thought, and also I'm just like battling a lot of guilty feelings for sitting in a position of privilege. That okay, when I'm done with my work that I'm being paid for because I'm that lucky that I have a job that I can work at remotely. Once I've done all of that, then I can enjoy this brief little hiatus or holiday, you know, <laughs> in, in the comforts of my home that has enough space for us each three to feel like we're not overcrowding each other and an, a beautiful outside with a garden that we enjoy. You know, it's just, it's fucked up on so many levels and I've been feeling super guilty about it. And so I guess that's where I am mental health wise I'm feeling guilty and I'm feel I I do tend to sometimes I wake up and I feel depressed like I had a couple of days last week that I was just like oh I yeah it's been a while since I felt felt that depressed and I it's just a feeling and I can't pinpoint it and so but I just I did want to voice it out loud uh because yeah, well, this episode's all about normalizing, I suppose, those mental health issues. 
Look, I hear you, and I, I, you can't say that someone's feelings aren't valid, mm. even though they might be strange or foreign or or odd or different to how my feelings might seem. Doesn't mean that they're not valid. Those feelings are genuinely valid because that's what you're going through. Um, I would say, I where am I? Some days I'm better than others. Um, some days I'm, I'm very depressed and other days I wake up and I'm like, you know what, when am I ever going to have this kind of opportunity again where I can bake and do things around the house and usually those things are just chores yeah. because I have more important things to get to. Um, and they're and a means that, to an end, like you're baking because it's Baker's Day or it's someone's it's birthday. Not or, because it's something I've been feeling to do or wanting to try for the longest time. So, um, and I, I have been taking, I've been grabbing a hold of the stuff on social media that gives me permission to make excuses for not doing housework, not exercising. Uh, not being a perfect is, homeschool teacher. Yeah. Yeah. What is making me very depressed is is how I am not able to uh, be on top of my healthy eating and exercising. And and I, I mean, I, I can't explain to you why I'm not on top of it other than the fact that I just, what's helping me cope right now is to just, eat my emotions and be lazy. Mm. And so I think I'm, I'm avoiding the sale. I probably, since we started, I mean, what, I, we're three weeks in now already. Well, I'm three weeks in. You're also about two days Just short shy, of three. Yeah. yeah, because of school closing. Um, and we were already self-isolating at home because we were worried that we were sick um, before all of this started. So, yeah, I think in those few weeks, I've easily put on 10 kilograms. I don't fit into my clothes. That's making me incredibly depressed. And instead of getting up and working out every morning, I just shove more food into my face and make excuses. And you know what? That is just where I am at right now. And when things at some point return to normal, then I will have a handle on that again. Mm. I can't... I can't I don't have the headspace to even try and focus on that. In fact, talking about headspace, I find myself, uh, it's hard for me to concentrate. Like Rick will tell me something and um, later in the afternoon we'll have the same conversation and he'll be like, but I told you, we discussed it. It would be something random like, what are we having for dinner? And then he would have come up with an idea and then I'll go and I'll take out lamb to defrost for dinner. And he'll be like, but I thought we said we were making wraps. And mm. I've already taken out the uh, like beef strips or whatever. And I'm like, we did? Did we discuss that? I, it's like I, I, I have no memory of conversations or things because I just, my, my mind is so clouded and I can't tell you by what. Because I'm not coming up with any great ideas. I'm not spending my time being consumed by thinking about what are we going to do about this or what are we going to do. It's like I have these, I have just a blank. I don't know what I'm thinking about all day. Well, we're going we're gonna to chat about this a lot in this episode, but the comparisons of the newborn haze with this phase 
are uncanny. And we're not the only ones saying it. You know, the new normal, um, and uh, she's collaborated with on the couch with Carly, who and Carly Abramovitz will be chatting to later on in this episode. They've also drawn that comparison, mm. and actually, um, as we record now tonight and tomorrow, they are they have a, a course called "Oh Baby, What the Fuck," or like a, a seminar, which is a like a perinatal uh, thing that you you would go to and they give you the real lowdown on what it's like to have a baby. So they're very much our people in that. But they've drawn that comparison and kind of made a, a COVID-19 survival toolkit just around that very real feeling of you're in, like we're in the upside down. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. We don't have newborns, but we're in the upside down. And look, you and I have these confessions and we're talking about ourselves and I was a little bit embarrassed last week with when we did our wrap-up of the week on Sunday um, when I shared that I was feeling a bit down and depressed because we got like a flood of messages into the Great Equalizers inbox, you know, saying, oh, with you guys, cheer up, you know, you're doing a good job or whatever. And it's like, I don't, I don't want sympathy message. I didn't do it for sympathy. But what I was doing it for, um, you know, was just to show people that this is normal, right? No, exactly. I mean, we, we have each other for that. We can talk about these things. The real reason, I guess, um, is because we know other people feel the same. That's why we have these conversations. Um, but but these people, or the people that we know feel the same, they might not necessarily talk about these things. It's exactly like when you have a newborn. You feel too guilty to a degree to admit that you're not 100% liking the situation that you're in. Yeah. Um, so we're just here to try and normalize that. And also just to add that with a newborn, it's probably you've had nine months to prepare for that. You knew it was coming. We find ourselves now in a situation that it was like, oh, my gosh, this thing is in South Africa. Oh, my gosh, we're on lockdown. It was like, like, like one step to the next, and here we are. It was so quick. It was, yeah, it's it's a bit nice, it's like the thing of nightmares. So I think this is exactly why we've decided to bring three moms on board this episode uh, so we can bring about some different perspectives of how moms are feeling. Um, and we just, we don't want to leave anybody behind. So we're leaving no man or mom behind. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Charlene, our first guest is probably one of the most delightful people on the internet. Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> Wife, mom, photographer, art director, and lifestyle blogger, Angie Batista Runt, might just be the reason I say on Instagram. Look, she bakes, <laughs> she dances, she laughs, she's silly, she's informative but not boring, and she never takes herself too seriously. Her brand of lacquer is just infectious. Sounds like the cool we could never be, Sam. (laughs) And you would be right. Definitely the kind of cool we could never be. And just this week, I think I fell in love with her just that little bit more. So there was a post 
And it prompted me to slide along into her DMs and well, yeah, she is now. Welcome, Angie. Welcome, Angie. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Can I hire you to write my bios from now on? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we could all do with a little bit of spare change in this time, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Listen, and or shall shall we say Miss Lucky Pony? Do people call you that? Like, do they assume your first name uh, is Lucky? Yes, they do actually. <laughs> I know, isn't it funny? Um, yeah, people. Some people do call me that, but I like it. It's okay. Okay, cool. So, Ange, we wanted to get to know you a bit better, even though we know a lot about you through your platform. But um, there might be some people out there who don't. So. I will ask you what we ask all our guests, and that's who calls you okay. mom? Who calls me mom? My um, daughter, Nina James, and my son, Rick. Awesome. And uh, you live in uh, Joburg with uh, your two kids and your hubby. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. Oh, that's awesome. We it's love a Joburg. true Joburger, just like us. Ding. <laughs> yeah. So, and... <laughs> As we mentioned, your brand is just full-on positivity. In fact, the tagline for your blog is Excellent Pretty Things, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) But for the first time that I can recall, you posted quite a dark post not so long ago about a panic attack that Mm. you had literally the day before lockdown got underway, right? And I know it sucks to relive these things, but we're chatting mental health in today's episode and I'd love for you to walk Mm -hmm. us through that experience. We're trying to normalize this and just let people know that they're not alone. For sure. Um, I think it was a couple of things that had sort of uh, prompted the whole attack. Um, uh, The day before, I had to take Rex to the hospital. Um, He had stuck something up his nose and our DP couldn't get it out, and he had made a bunch of phone calls to get like a um, a doctor to actually come uh, a doctor at the hospital to remove this thing from his nose, and he couldn't find anybody to help us. So basically, um, all the doctors that were meant to be on call, nobody was answering their phone because of the lockdown happening the next day. So we were in this like predicament, and eventually. At like five o'clock, we were driving to the south to take Rex to the hospital so they could take him into theatre to get the thing removed from his nose. And when we got there, we only got to see the doctor at 8 p.m. and then they only took him into theatre at 10 p.m. So I was like frazzled um, by this point. And the doctor, who was super, super serious, um, was very, very hardcore about what was happening with COVID. And wouldn't come anywhere near myself or Rex. He didn't want to like uh, risk his life. He was saying, and um, you know, risk the hospital. What if Rex had it and then infected him, and then he would infect uh, affect his staff and all of that. So we had this like episode. We got home at one a.m. and uh, the next day, you know, the whole the president came on, did the whole speech and everything, and afterwards. Everything was so quiet outside and dark, and I just, it was like too quiet, if that makes sense. 
So I was already sort of in a very weird headspace, and then the the silence outside sort of triggered the panic attack, and um, yeah, just this overwhelming feeling came upon me, like I couldn't breathe, and my chest was closing in. And like I said, I haven't had many of these attacks, but I've had enough to know when a proper one is coming on, and they are really not pleasant. They are mm. super, super scary. And I just think it was, you know, obviously the whole build-up to the shutdown, the, the lockdown, the hospital stint, and then like I say, just the silence outside and the darkness, and yeah, there I was, not being able to breathe properly. And... um. You know, like I said to you earlier, I'm no expert when it comes to mental health or anything like that, but I do think everybody on some level is affected, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, no, episodes, for sure. Like on different levels. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And look, how did you so, how did you get through it? Because like I've had one panic attack in my life that was that was that bad to that level that I could so that that's how I could properly relate to what you were going through and I just remember thinking the whole I don't know three the three hour three four hours that it lasted all I wanted was a flipping horse tranquilizer you know just just put me to sleep I just want this to end that in that way and that's all I wanted but obviously you didn't you couldn't go see a doctor you couldn't I don't know if you have medication for it like like how did you overcome that how did you get through it so I think like with all my panic attacks, they don't last really, really long. So, I mean, I think it probably lasted maybe 10 or 15 minutes, probably about 15 minutes. And um, yeah, I try to talk myself down, like uh, keep repeating to myself, like you can breathe, you can breathe. But the weird thing is like you're saying those words, but the mind is telling you something else. So I think I, I actually blacked out for a little bit because I, I lay down on the floor and then I sort of don't remember a little bit of it. And then when I woke up, Shane was there. But how I try to sort of deal with it is I, I often like talk to myself and like just try like bring myself like down. And I also try to imagine the end of it because I know I'm going to come out of it eventually. And it's a mental thing. Um, it's quite hard to do though. It's like easier said than done. But um, that's all I can really remember. I really is just trying to talk myself down, and then eventually the wave like passes. So it also helps having someone who's very calm, like in the room with you. The same doesn't he never panics about anything. He's a very level-headed person. So I think that also really really helps to have someone like that whereas I'm a very emotional person yeah so yeah well look there's yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely (laughs) look there's there's one thing that's that's not being mentioned I think across the board here and Charlene and I were discussing it um a couple of days ago and that's that okay so today we're on day six I think of lockdown but for most parents it's day fucking 16 like Yes. Yeah. How mm-hmm. how are you holding yeah. up in terms of that? And and, and that's <laughs> and I hate I hate to say it because a lot of people are uh 
we find being quite judgmental of moms who are like, oh my God, kill me yeah. now. But it's not that we don't hate our kids. It's just that no. like we're used to working or we're used to them being at school. Yeah. And this is a whole yeah. new normal. So you, you post a lot about yeah. all your, your, your guys' baking and uh, crafts that yeah. you make for your kids. So like how are you holding up in between what people see of you um, on Instagram? Um, so I'm quite lucky in that um, our domestic worker is still around. Um, she, she didn't leave. She stayed here. She's got a eight-month-old baby. Um, so we are helping her with the, with the baby and stuff. So it does help to have someone around to help. Um, so, yeah, during the day, what that's why I do is keep the kids entertained. With a, with a few things like the baking and all of that. But I mean, we definitely have moments where we like take the iPad and go and watch something. So, you know, it's, it's, I won't say it definitely hasn't been easy because the kids, because they see you here like all day time. Mm. So the part like I don't like about it is, you know, when they come and they ask you to, to play, because they are not going to school now, they're obviously in home holiday, and they want to play and they want your attention, and you can't give it to them. I think for me, that's the worst part, because you get this weird, like, mom guilt. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Where kids are like, please come say, like, why can't you play? And then you've got to be like, because I'm working. Yeah. I think I'm not battling with that part of it. Sometimes at the end of the day, I just feel like, have I paid enough attention to them? Have I done enough? Um, you know, was I too short? Did I shout too much, like, in the afternoon? Like, all of those things. I, like, run through, like, was I, like, a good enough mom yeah. at the end of the day? But I think, like, I think we're all just trying our best, basically, in a very, very, like, weird situation. None of us have ever been in anything like this before. Well, I mean, mm. I know I haven't. I don't know about you guys. No. So it's all, like, really new territory. Because it's not like you are kind of stuck home but you can still like take the kids out and do stuff like you have to be like in the house in the same space together all the time and it's, it's quite difficult sometimes so yeah no, for sure. things with them, but yeah you also need time to do other stuff do you get time to just for yourself where you can like take a long bubble bath or just go into your own space where you um do you make time? Yeah. Have you have you managed to make that kind of time for yourself? Because everybody, that's the the advice that I've been seeing going around yeah. as well. It's not really. I mean, it's it, it's it's great, but it, it's not possible for everybody. No, it's not. It really, really isn't. Um, I think again, like Shane and I, because we work like from home and work you know with working um co-working spaces and from home and stuff we have like a a cool understanding so i'm again quite lucky in that like if i need time then he sort of like takes over but i know Mm. for a lot of people that's like not the case so i don't know how some people are meant to take a long bubble bath when you've got got, like feeling toddlers like running around Mm. and stuff yeah it's really difficult um yeah, uh, I mean, today I found some time to do some potty. Oh, wow. And the kids sort of entertained themselves. So I guess it's also just like the age of your kids, too. Mm. Mm. You know, that probably plays like a huge part in it. 
And I okay. think that's taking it one day at a time. For a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, every day is different. You, it's weird because it's like Groundhog Day. But oh my God, not. is it like Groundhog Day? <laughs> my husband and yeah, I were just discussing that to this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I actually need to watch that movie again. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, like I said, it's like that, but it's also uh, every day comes with like a different sort of challenge. And one of the challenges are like keeping the kids entertained. Yeah. So, Ange, I've got uh, one more question for you, and that's, um, yes. we try, like I said, we're trying to normalize this, and we're trying to be there for moms who, like, they have a viewer. Even we've been posting a lot of craft stuff and, like, hacks to try and keep mm. our kids busy, and, like, we've had yes. to second-guess that because there's so many moms who are feeling like failures for not keeping Overwhelmed up. Overwhelmed by that. Quite yeah. right. Yeah. I just... Just last night, I was texting Sam a screenshot of some conversations I saw in some of the moms, mom groups who, yeah. where moms were just posting saying that, I just feel like I can't breathe. I feel overwhelmed by all these activities. I, I just am not coping. Is anyone else out there feeling this way? Yes. Yeah. So for a listener who might be feeling that way or suffering from anxiety yeah. or even if they find themselves in the midst of what they think um, is a panic attack what advice do you have for them well uh, first of all again I hope I'm asking your question correctly like you know seeing things online and stuff we must all know that you know what you see on Instagram and what's happening in real life it's, it's not that it's two like completely different things but it, you know people aren't going to post like everything that's happening during the day so, you know, if moms are posting, oh, look, I did this activity with my kids or whatever it is, that could be like 15 minutes out of the day. Mm. It's like cherry the day, picking the best moments yeah. out of your holiday and putting that it's into exactly a photo it. I mean, album. You're not gonna sit, exactly. You're not going to sit and post like the whole day and all the things in between how you like. And now you're fighting with a little one because they're not finishing their lunch. I mean, you're not going to go put that like on Instagram. You know, all moms, all of us, we all like deal with the same stuff. And I think, like, yeah, platforms like Instagram and stuff, it's all the pretty stuff is up there, but all the normal stuff still happens, like, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I think for people who are feeling like they're not doing enough, I think they shouldn't feel like that at all. Because, you know, all of us are in the same boat. We're all trying to, like, just get through this and come out the other side safe. And it's difficult. I mean, also being in the same, you know, all of you being under the same roof, 24-7, it's hard, you know, like everybody needs their space, they need their time, and um, I think moms must just give themselves a break, seriously, mm. yeah, we, yeah. we need to give ourselves a break sometimes, not be so hard on ourselves, and also just don't like look too hard at other people's pictures and stories and, and all of that, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, just a snapshot, literally. Exactly, mm. yeah, it, it's exactly that. Yeah, true. Well, Andrew, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. What a great message, and thank you so much for sharing your story um, and helping us to normalize this no, things during that. this crazy time. Yeah, I gotta say, um, that made me feel a lot better. Just also about, I know we spoke to her about we initially spoke to Andrew about 
um, panic attacks, and I really wanted mm. to get into that. But she made me feel a lot better about just um, looking at other people's accounts and thinking, oh, my God, they're much better moms than I am. 100%. Look, I'm, I'm glad she's okay and she managed that, that uh, situation. Scary situation, and she's in a, yeah. in a better place now. But 100%, that stood out for me so much as well, that we – I mean, she is um, busy on social media and on Instagram, and she's got a beautiful Instagram feed. Um, and she she says that those are the, the like she said, the, the cherry picked moments mm. from her life, and and that is more than likely one hundred percent, not more than likely. That is one hundred percent the case with most of the Instagram feeds you look at. You cherry pick the pretty beautiful moments and that's what you feature it's not you're not always going to see the real raw ugly difficult parts so we should not compare ourselves to what we see there remember what you're looking at remember that yeah so you don't look you don't walk in someone's home and look at their wedding pictures and the pictures of their kids and think that there's never a fight in the household or never you know, a battle at bar. Or that every day looks like that. That's yeah. not realistic. You're looking at a photo album of someone's life. Yeah. You're not you're not looking at the biography. Yeah. <laughs> so I might, I have to add um that a major concern for me during this time has been pregnant women in their third trimester navigating the the corona pandemic. We can for only sure. hope I mean look then I'm talking about, I'm really thinking about women who are due to give birth now or have newborns right now, um, you know, and we can only hope that women due to give birth later this year won't have to worry as much about these things, that things will have settled, um, cleared up in the next six to nine months um, because there's lots of scary stuff that women are having to navigate now who are giving birth now. Um, but what about those moms, those moms exactly, who are swimming in this uncharted territory? For sure. I mean, they're having to cope with the upside down of the newborn haze, mm. but they're not going back to, after having this baby, to their lives as it was before. So they, their life as it was before is now upside down, and they have a newborn upside downness to, I mean, we often talk about how your life looks like in that upside down, it looks like the life you know, but it feels completely different. Now your life doesn't even look like the life you know because right. there's all these new things happening. And also like, yeah, okay, no birth really goes 100% as planned. Mine certainly didn't. But here, even the very basics are being questioned, like whether you have your partner in the theater with you if you're having a C-section, um, if the older sibling can actually meet their younger sibling in the hospital. Those moments are being taken away um, from moms now. And I, I, my heart breaks. And so I, I, I decided to catch up with my friend, Chloe O'Darty, who at the time that I interviewed her was uh, waiting patiently for her baby boy to arrive. She was 39 weeks and counting. As we sit here and record today, it is her due date. And as far as I know... She is still pregnant. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good catch-up, and here is what she had to say. Chloe, thanks so much for joining me on uh, The Great Equalizer in a very weird time. Welcome. 
It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so look, um, we're going to go right into it, but I'm firstly not going to exclude you from the usual TGE frivolities. So in the interest of introducing you to our listenership, tell us a little more about yourself and don't forget to tell us who calls you mom. Okay, uh, my name is Chloe. I live in Joburg. I'm a documentary family photographer. Um, I document newborns and families and births and christenings, anything that people want documented in a really kind of natural documentary style way. Mm. That's all obviously on hold. I'm 39 weeks pregnant with my second child. Um, it's a boy, and uh, my daughter Ava, who's sworn a bit, calls me mom, or mom, mom, <laughs> mom. <laughs> Listen, I always tell you, Ava can come in and have a holiday over here at the Herbst. That kid is my spirit animal. I love her so much. She's so funny. Oh, thank you. Thank She's, you. I actually just, I have to meet her in person one day because she just lights up my Instagram feed. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Well, I'm sure one day it'll happen. Hopefully. Fingers um, crossed once we're out of a, a, a lockdown. In a world where we step outside our homes. Yeah. Um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. And what's even crazier is that you're doing this thing um Near full term. Well, basically full term. You are 39 weeks and a couple of days. So let yeah. it out, Chloe. How are you feeling right now? I'm like in a lockdown within a lockdown. And uncertain, like I'm in an uncertain bubble within an uncertain bubble. So we don't know how long this lockdown is going to last. We don't know what the legal ramifications are, the economic ramifications we don't know when schools are going to open. We're all just kind of like waiting for certainty or whatever's going to happen to happen. Mm. And I'm inside my house, pregnant, waiting for whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So I feel like, you know, when you're waiting for a natural birth, normally when there isn't a lockdown, you can kind of handle it because it's like, it's a bit of uncertainty, but you can do it. And you can distract yourself. You can go out, you can take yeah. your kid out, you can walk around, exactly. you can fill up your days. Yeah, Exactly. You can distract yourself with all sorts of frivolous things. You can go to Tasha's mm. every single mm. day. <laughs> um, and now you can't. And it's kind of, yeah, just uncertainty layered upon uncertainty. It's like, and waiting it's like an uncertainty layered upon inception. Waiting. Exactly. <laughs> And, I mean, at first I was like, well, this is kind of cool because I've kind of been nesting already. Mm. Before the lockdown, I've been buying supplies, buying nappies on specials, buying cream, bum cream. I've been batch cooking and freezing. And then the lockdown happened and I'm like, but I've already been doing this for two weeks. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have to do it for even longer. I'm like, damn it, I should have just left it. I have so much time now. And but you, I mean, but you had no known. idea. Yeah, you had no idea you had all that time. And a funny thing, like we were chatting to Angie, um, a.k.a. Miss Lucky Pony uh, earlier. And yes. she, uh, well, we chatted with her about the fact that nobody, nobody actually has acknowledged that um, the lockdown happened 10 days after schools shut down. So for most parents, we've been 
in yeah. limbo for longer, for a lot longer. Way longer. <laughs> Way crazy. longer. Exactly. Exactly. So and look, a lot of your plans yeah. have been shot to shit, um, I would imagine. Like, this isn't how you pictured your final weeks of, of pregnancy or your final, like, year of pregnancy to go. Because um, that's you what know, that last think, month feels like. I think, yeah, the last month of pregnancy ordinarily feels like a year. Mm. And then, like, what, how many days of, eight days of lockdown has felt like a year. So basically, I've been waiting, like, two years You've been for pregnant baby for two to years. come. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. And what, what were your expectations initially for these these final weeks? And um, how were they changed by the current state of affairs? So, like, what was your expectation versus reality? My expectation versus reality was my daughter being at school because they have holiday care. Mm. So I was expecting these kind of mornings to myself to exercise. So I was doing Pilates, pregnancy Pilates twice a week um, with a group of women, you know, and there's support there and it's like really good for you and you feel great afterwards. Just Obviously I'm not doing that well. anymore. Yeah. yeah, camaraderie. Um, and then having, you know, like doing really cool quality time things with Ava in the afternoon. Um, I was going to, you know, go to the planetarium, like, or do just cool stuff, you know? Mm, make some memories. Uh, take her take to a movie, do kind of a whole lot of a, you know, last only child type thing, which we're obviously doing now at home. Mm. And it's very intense and it's wonderful. And I'm getting to know her so well. We are bonding, but it's different. But another thing, like expectation versus reality, that's like really, I think, going to be hard is in my first, when Ava was a newborn, that loneliness and how I didn't know how to get out and I didn't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You haven't found your people yet. You haven't found your group. Yeah, we call it, we call it the upside down. In, yeah, on, on the podcast like, where you just like this is your world so and you, yeah you can you can recognize everything around you as your life as it was but everything has changed so <laughs> it's yeah, a whole other world you've got to get isolated. used to yeah so i'd lined up for the newborn phase three friends to come separately um girlfriends without kids mm. one from chicago and two from cape town at different times to just come and stay for like three or four nights, cook for us, hold the baby, just have some like company because it's so boring yeah. with a newborn. You're so tired and you're so exhausted that it's it's monotonous. And to have someone like a really good friend there playing with your kid outside or making supper or just holding the baby while you eat supper, like I know for me, I, I, I knew I'd like that. And all those trips have obviously been cancelled. So you've been robbed, basically. I mean, I've been I... I've been robbed of like my social, uh, semi-social newborn bubble that I hoped cre to create. I wanted to create this non-isolating mm. kind of fourth trimester. Not where I'm like entertaining people, but where well, you have company. I, I'm I've got company. Yeah, which yeah. is wonderful. And I feel that is actually what I feel most robbed about. 
And what a yeah. good idea and because you had you had experienced isolation with Ava. Now you have an opportunity to do it all over to again. To make it right, to make, make it, it right, better. Yeah. And it's not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tough. And and you know what else is, what else has really been weighing on my mind? Are the amount of limitations that hospitals and birthing centers are having to impose because of uh, well, due to safety precautions, obviously. So I'm curious, you know, if you're you're obviously um, going natural or having vaginal birth. So um, it's not like I've. I mean, I've heard. I need to. Um, I actually need to verify, but I've heard from some friends that they need to prepare for their husbands to not be in theatre with them when they go for their scheduled C-section. So at uh, wherever you are giving birth, are there any limitations? Is there anything that you won't be able to enjoy like you did the first time? So we absolutely no visitors, which I also feel robbed about. I think um, it's wonderful having close friends and family, just like two or three people come with like, I don't know, a bunch of flowers or a little bit of champagne and to celebrate it. It feels quite lonely to not have visitors yeah. and no children allowed at all. So I kind of had this vision of Ava meeting her brother, being brought by her grandparents, meeting her brother in the hospital. Mm. That's obviously not going to happen for obvious reasons, good reasons. Um, my husband will be allowed, so it'll only be me, the midwife, and my husband and the nursing staff, and that's it. I mean, those those fresh forty eight hours that you are so good at um, at capturing for other people. Now you have have that yourself. It's imminent. It's coming, and you've had to rewire your brain to to figure yeah, out what the like, new reality is going to be. Exactly. And also, he won't be able to pop out. So if my husband leaves the hospital to like go feed the dog or whatever, he can't, he can't come back in. in. Mm. So if there's an issue with our daughter or our pet or something, and he leaves, then that's it, then I'm on my own, which is fine. Um, So I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a quiet hospital. I think the the halls are going to be very quiet. No visitors. It's going to be quite somber. Mm. Um, and also interesting to see how the medical staff are behaving differently. Or, and I'm sure they'll all be wearing masks and gloves. But like the toll on them as well. I'm, I'm very interested to see what the vibe is at the hospital. Well, hopefully, it hopefully at the you know, it's it's not this pull that you would imagine it to be, that everybody's just, that it's under this corona filter, you know, that mm. that the joy of childbirth can still actually um, kind of overcome that. I don't know, it sounds very poetic, but I'm trying to be hopeful. No, totally. I'm trying no, to be cool. hopeful cool. here. I'm trying to... It'll be beautiful, and they're, they're people that bring life into the world daily, and I think they're just going to do their jobs. And yeah, exactly. Put their heads down. Exactly. I mean, and another thing is like meeting grandparents. Probably going to have to be done in a car mm. with the window up mm. with grandparents at the car window. I because mean, pediatricians are saying you take your newborn baby into lockdown. No one, no one can really hold it. 
Oh, so they're also because saying for for the safety of newborns that that you just like they need they to just, be completely isolated. Yeah, they just say we don't know enough about this virus. It doesn't seem to be affecting babies, but you have a child with absolutely zero immunity. Yeah. To anything. Yeah. You know, and if you are lockdowning, you may as well, you know, keep keep at it and keep doing it with the baby. Yeah. Well, look, and not pass pass that baby around to ten different people the way that you would normally. That it makes to- that all makes total sense. And look, Chloe, I I um I don't know if you've you've seen it. There's this motherly post doing the rounds. We love motherly here at the the Great Equalizer and we actually shared it on our platform. When I saw it I was like, you know, we need other ways to look at things. And um, it was just a post about pregnant moms who are mm-hmm. due to give birth. And the post kind of shared just a perspective on how moms giving birth now are giving birth, are, are having these babies in a special, unique time in history and um, can be seen as sort of heroes in this moment, you know, so that you, you can look back and you can tell your boy, Look it at when you were born. This is so un- this is such a unique time in history, and this year will always rem- be remembered for the year you were born during this time. It does feel special. Like to have a lockdown baby is like it is a it's it's quite a thing, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's huge. So it's it's a nice way to look at it, I suppose, um, under the the you know blanket of kind of sobriety of it. So I'm just wondering, and it's my last question for you, and that's. Do you have a message of solidarity for moms who are due to give birth in the coming weeks, who are in exactly the same boats as you, just waiting it out or um, it's imminent, maybe they are scheduled, but it's like it's coming, but then you don't know whether the lockdown is going to lift or be extended. There's so much uncertainty. So do you have a message for moms who are feeling exactly the same way you are right now? Um, I guess that we, we're all just feeling the same things. Um, I think we're all feeling the same emotions. And that none of us know what's going to happen. But that in life, people always kind of triumph first. And um, let me try and rephrase this differently. Um Birth is always seen as such a positive, special thing in all parts of society. The army, the police, like a woman in labor, a pregnant woman, you know, you waved ahead. People will bend over backwards to help you. It's always seen as a special thing. Um, that's not going to get taken away, you know, from us, by the medical staff or the country as a whole. And we're all, in, we're all in this together and all of the emotions are the same, you know. What I'm feeling, what you're feeling, it's all normal and it's all okay. Mm. Such a great... I, 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 knew, I knew that I would get um, something great and wise from you because you are so, so great and wise and, and we love you so much at, here at TGE. And Chloe, we just wish you all the best for this birth. Oh, thank you. May it be smooth and easy, may it be imminent, and may it be more beautiful than, than you can imagine. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. Yeah, look, it was, a, it was a mixed bag, that interview with her, right? I, 
I found that there were a lot of sad points that she brought up, but also just a lot of unique, special things that that pregnant women are going through, which made me feel a bit better about the situation, to be honest. I was so um, impressed. I don't know if impressed is the right word. I was so inspired by her uh, positive outlook, despite everything. Because if I, if I think about myself in her position, I would have been, uh, I would have been a, a wreck. I am not able to keep calm in situations like that. I think back to both of my pregnancies and I had, I mean, I had C-sections with both my pregnancies as you and I'm sure most of our listeners know by now. And even with knowing what was coming and I was going to hospital on a specific date and this, and we were not in this corona upside down, I was and nervous. Rick, I remember crying myself to sleep on both occasions the night before. I cried all the way to the hospital. I was emotionally overwhelmed. I, and I just, I listened to this, the way she's talking and she's just so positive. And, and even though her every plan, like you say, you cannot plan your pregnancies and it never goes according to plan. But even the little things that she decided, you know, the first time around I didn't like this so much. I'd like to change that the second time around. She's been robbed of even that. Yeah. There's just so much unknown. Yes, she is. And the, like, the time that she's been robbed of that she was just going to, those special things she was going to do with her firstborn, she can still do special things. It looks a little bit different now. She's really doing so well with just being level-headed about yeah. this. So I, I was really inspired by that. I was inspired by how, as an artist, um, f- from her perspective, as an artist, a, a photographer, she was like, that's going to be a really sad moment. Let me document it mm. for posterity. And I was like, oh, my God, and you're not, you're not expecting to fall apart. You actually want to take a photo of yes. it. A bravo to, to Chloe. And, but I must say, for any pregnant women who are listening – you feel however you want to feel, really. Mm. You just you just sit in however you're feeling, however you're handling it. And that, that leads me to our third interview. Um, because, Charlene, we were going, okay, we're showcasing moms. We're talking about our own mental health. We're showcasing two moms. We're talking about the prego moms uh, who are navigating uncharted territory and also the moms who – who have had a breakdown and we wanted to normalize that panic attacks or severe anxiety and whatever. But but how are we helping our listeners who are feeling that way? How are we helping them navigate these emotions? Oh, well, I caught up uh, with Carly Abramovitz, um, who is uh, known to us all as On the Couch with Carly. Her, she's got a practice called Carly's Couch. And this is what she had to say. Folks, I've pulled in some reinforcements because I think we've all been needing to calm the crazy tempest in our heads. Uh, So I managed to track down clinical psychologist Carly Abramovitz, who has agreed to impart some much-needed wisdom and the occasional truth bomb on us. (laughs) Carly runs a Cape Town-based practice called On the Couch with Carly, which also happens to be the name of her podcast. And... 
She's co-founder of the very necessary series of perinatal discussions called Oh Baby, What the Fuck, which she launched with one of our faves, Genevieve Pata from The New Normal. And while we're on the subject of a type of new normal, Carly joins me on the line to walk us through the corona crazy. Carly, thanks for joining me on The Great Equalizer. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's great to be, to be on and getting a chance to chat to you in this crazy time. <laughs> it's, mad, it's madness. It's, um, yeah. there's a, yeah. There's been a lot of ups and downs for us moms, which we'll get into. But firstly, I want to ask, how are you doing? Because I don't think anyone ever asks a psychologist that, do they? They're always asking <laughs> you questions and, and how to cope. But are you coping? How are you doing? <laughs> You know, I, I think the question is not, are you coping? I think we're all coping. And that's, that's almost, you know what I mean? We're all managing, even if we're having freak outs. Yeah. So, but I think the, the important thing to kind of focus on is what aspects of this are in my control and what am I, what of, what of what I can manage is going okay for now. And so from, from my answer for that is in, in terms of what I know I can manage at this stage, I'm, I feel like I'm managing well. I've got, you know, I've, I've, I've looked after the things that I can look after to, to a degree that I'm satisfied with. Let's call it that. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, lowering the, the lowering the expectations is what it's all about. You know, not expecting to manage everything supremely well or have, have you know, feel like it's normal or feel like you're, you're, you're kind of swimming, you know, that it was all going swimmingly. Mm. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not that at all. It's a, it's a total, um, yeah, it's an upside down, Five. I mean, it's basically like your, your, your tagline, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're completely in a different type of upside down. And, and funny enough, I was talking about that with one of our um, guests today. Um, her name is Chloe O'Darty, and she is about to give birth. Um, so that's, that's like a double whammy of the upside down, right? And, yeah. and we really just wanted to extend an ICU salute to moms who are in their third trimester right now and, and due mm. to give birth in a lockdown or around a lockdown. And um, we also spoke to another mom who had a panic attack before the lockdown mm-hmm. couldn't properly set in. And I just, I don't think that we're all alone in our... Uh, just sheer anxiety and fear and panic. We've spoken amongst mm. ourselves about the roller coaster of emotions we've been through during this time. And I mean, from one minute to the next, you're either up or down. And it's a bit crazy. And we, we kind of just we need help, I guess. What is what exactly <laughs> is happening to us <laughs> right now? Yeah, I think I think it's I think in a way kind of similarly to when you have a baby you are confronted with a lot of emotions I mean I think you you know you have chatted to Jen before about the new about the oh baby what's the fuck that we do yes am I allowed to swear on your podcast yes Um, absolutely (laughs) (laughs) um and and it's all about kind of preparing parents for that kind of psychological what is it that, as, as you said, the turning upside down of your world that happens when you have a baby? Now, we usually talk about that in, you know, 
sort of so-called normal times, and now these are very abnormal times. Mm. So it is, as you said, almost like a, a double whammy of, of, of craziness and of upside downness. Um, and actually, we're doing another COVID edition of our talk online over Zoom. So I don't know when this episode is going to air, but I'm sure we'll do one after this episode. So, so you know, keep looking at our Instagrams. We'll keep posting updates. Um, but basically, I think the important thing to recognize is that there's a lot of feelings you're coming into contact with. Mm. And some people are less or, more, you know, some people are less or more aware of feelings. And those of us who are maybe kind of just just classic kind of go, go, go people or, you know, I think mostly in the modern world, we are expected to be go, go, go. Um, and I think these sort of events like having a baby or having to deal with a global pandemic is forcing you to to almost be in touch with yourself and come into contact with your own internal experience in a very very immediate way and that can that just in in and of itself can be hugely overwhelming to suddenly be to be very aware that you're experiencing all these really you know, crazy emotions and, and it's very, it feels very destabilizing because suddenly, you know, you're aware of how, how, um, in flux your, your feelings and your mood is. And I think actually the most important thing that you can do is to just normalize that for yourself. You know, I think it's really, really important. I see lots of, uh, maybe I'm kind of dialed into the more mental health Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. you know, so I get all the, I, I kind of feel, see a lot of these posts, but there's a lot of posts around just, you know, accepting the, the idea of that you that you might be feeling it all that you know all the feelings are valid and that they, you, you might be feeling every single one of them depending on what time of day you're asked and and I think that's really important to just stop breathe and remember that it's okay whatever you're feeling it's okay there's no there's no expectation of what you should be feeling and I think we sometimes think that sometimes sometimes like oh we're a mom. We're supposed to be calm all the time. Who said that? You know, who gave you that idea? Oh, we're, oh, we're, um, you know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to always have our emotions in control. Some people have that idea. You know, mm. I, if I'm feeling excessively anxious and I can't get out of bed today, or if I'm, you know, can't go to the shops because I'm, you know, so afraid of what's out there, you know, then I'm bad because I've failed. I've, I've, I've let myself down that I'm not, that I'm not, you know, always super strong and powerful and managing everything, you know, whoa, why? Why can't you have a day when you're just not coping with that particular emotion and you need to chill? Or you, you're managing that emotion through some kind of behavior that you're not used to or you're, you're not, you don't like identifying with yourself. I think that's really the trick is that we have, to, we have to try and find a new version of ourselves in this experience that is a little more maybe... Um, yeah, up and down, a little bit more, you know, spilling out. You know, we yeah. kind of, we, we, we're not all contained and all holding it together all the time. And that's, that's something we have to come, kind of be okay with. Well, I think we've, we've joked on the podcast that, um, well, I've certainly have joked that I feel like I peaked too soon. So, like, in the first 10 days before lockdown even started, I had done all the baking and all the crafts, and I'm not a crafty mom at all, but I'd I'd kind of, like, I'd taken the bull by the horns and gone, this is a crappy situation, 
I'm not going to make it crappy for my kid. And yeah, as you say, there's this expectation mm. coming from within that, you know what? The world mm. is topsy-turvy and I don't want it to affect my family. So yeah. the, we put the pressure on ourselves. And one part of mm. the pressure that a lot of moms are feeling is around um, schoolwork, which so many moms are discussing right now. And I get it. Look, on the one hand, I've been trying to reason it, you know, and on the one hand, I feel like schools and extramural, um, you know, service providers, you know, you got the, the little kickers and the play balls and the quanta kinetics and all of that. On the one hand, I feel like they need to be doing something because um, a lot of people do feel like that. And also because they're unable to waive fees, which is understandable. And and mom, some moms might get angry that they're still paying and schools are doing nothing. But, or, or they might, might feel that way. And on the other hand, Moms want coping because in addition to the emotional distress of this crazy sickness that has kind of taken mm. charge of the whole world, uh, mm. a lot of us are juggling full-time jobs and now have mm-hmm. to do housework and cook and entertain the kids and keep them happy and love them while trying to keep everybody calm. And now schoolwork on top of that. We've suddenly all become no. teachers, you know, so it's, it no. just feels impossible. And I think what, no, it, what it boils down to is – we end up feeling like failures on all mm-hmm. accounts, on all fronts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, look, it's too much. It's actually too much. And I think that's really important for each individual person to work out what what is manageable. And, 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 and maybe today is going to be different to tomorrow. You know, what you can manage today might be different. Like you were saying, you had all the energy in the beginning and then, you, mm. and then that, that can't be sustained necessarily. And I think it's really important to kind of Take it day by day. And, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's going to respond to this differently. Everybody's going to require different tools in order to navigate this. Some people love their schedules. They feel very soothed by, look, by like, first of all, writing it out. I think that's very a very soothing thing for many people, just having that visual representation of separate units in a day. I think that is calming and helps people to feel like there's a, there's a, a kind of step by step, you know. Once I've gone through this, and I'm, I'm I'm further along in my day, and I can actually visibly see this day, go, you know, getting managed and and, and getting getting dealt with. Mm. Um, but other people aren't like that. They just kind of need to be in the moment more, and and working from a place of, you know, just whatever can be managed in this moment until into the next. But you know, I do think that. We cannot expect ourselves to do it all. We've never, we should never have expected ourselves to do it all, even in normal times, and we always do, you know. So mm-hmm. now we've got extraordinary circumstances. We need to be even kinder to ourselves, even gentle, even more gentler on ourselves and our children, you know, to just manage with the feelings, I think, would be a huge achievement. If all you do in the day if you kind of get into bed at the end of the day and you've looked back on your day and you've actually said, okay, so this was that freak out and then this was really hard because I, you know, of this thing and then, and then, you know, the kids were really difficult then and we managed to kind of change it so that, you know, it kind of moved the energy and, we, you know, it was a bit easier after that. Wow, you've done amazingly. You spent a whole day regulating your own emotions and the emotions of your children. Fuck, like you've just won, the, you know, you just won the race. Like, you know, you go girl. That's enough. Honestly, that's enough. The other stuff that obviously is important because that's how our world spins, right? It's schools and jobs and cleaning and all of that stuff that is like 
the labor that mm. we actually have to put in at this time. Because, I mean, I mean, anyone who's, don't you have these like fantasies of being ch- childless? Like, like oh, imagine yeah. those like single people just hanging out at their home all day and they're like, they, they all from work because they have an office job that they can't do remotely and they're just sitting around doing Netflix all day. That I yeah. fantasize about all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like for the rest of us who actually have, jobs and children that we are still doing this is actually much harder than an ordinary Mm. you know work sort of situation you know where we actually have our routines and our systems and our help you know exactly thank god we're so privileged it's a veritable Um, shit show yeah it really is yeah (laughs) so i think we just have to be really mindful of that that load that we put on top of the emotional load which is this this expectation to have all these things done to do to do this and do that and do this. And I think if you manage to do anything on top of regulating your emotions and your children's emotions, you're doing really, really well. And you, and I think, you know, it's very hard. Obviously I I can't speak for every school and I can't speak for every employer, but I hope that all of us kind of use this opportunity to, to, to treat each other with kindness and compassion and understanding and patience and, you know, if your if your kids didn't quite get that science project done the way that you you know I mean really I think it's going to be okay it's not going to be the end of the world it's in your head that the end of the world is happening do you know what I mean and that goes for mm. everything with regards to this all of us as we sit here right now are actually okay and it's really important for you to check in whenever you're having those moments those panic moments and you and you you just need to really try and check in and be be with yourself right now. Okay, where am I now? Am I safe? Am I warm? Am I okay? Are my children safe? Are they okay? You know, are they okay? Mm. Is my, you know, is my house okay? Is my relationship okay? If this is all okay in this moment right now, then I have to be aware that the anxiety I might be feeling is probably an anxiety around a projected future that I have in my mind. And, and that end of the world feeling is something I'm creating in my own head, even though there is lots of fabulous, you know, fuel for that fire all over the news and in the, you know, on the media and the social media. It's, I mean, God, we know it's very apocalyptic out there right now. Yeah, but, it's crazy. But actually it hasn't happened yet. And we have to try and remind ourselves of that all the time and try and be with this moment and the demands of this moment mm. as much as we can. Um, you mentioned just uh, that uncertainty and that's, um, I think this is a biggie for a lot of us and that's at this stage right now as we sit, we don't know if lockdown um, in South Africa is going to be extended or if by next week we're all just going to jump back into normal life, which kind of feels a bit weird actually for us all to just one day we're all in our homes and the next day what, we go back to life as we know it. I, it just doesn't feel at this point that that's going to happen and i guess my question is twofold how how do we cope with this uncertainty a and b if lockdown is extended way too from here for for us parents i guess um yeah look i think that that's the biggest question that you're really asking i mean it, you know I don't think there's a quick answer to that. I think what you're really identifying, and, and it's really important to to do that, I think, is to just identify that that is probably over and above everything the biggest cause of our anxiety, of all of our anxieties, and, you know, for all of our anxieties all over the world, is that we sometimes, you know, we can't even predict what the world will look like 
next week or even possibly the next day, you know, the next few days because things are changing so rapidly. And I think that we really need to just kind of spell that out, that that is hugely upsetting and frightening for us, you know. And I think on the one hand, like if you're thinking philosophically about it, there's something quite meaningful about coming to terms, almost reckoning with this illusion that we have had control in the past, that we that we did think that we knew what the future was going to hold for us, that we that we thought that if we just did X, Y, Z, we would have a predictable future. And I think we, as human beings, we we love predictability. We love to create the kind of um, conditions that almost um, simulate. Um, control and predictability as much as possible, you know, so we tend to try and do things that will make us feel like we are in charge and in control. Um, And this has actually completely taken the rug from underneath us because we are aware that we do not know. We do not know what is ahead of us. We do not have a grip on the on the experience. We don't have a grasp mm. of what the experience is going to be like for us. And because we don't know, we don't know how to prepare. And because we don't know how to prepare, we don't know what to do. And that's the big thing here is this question of feelings and then doing. You know, what am I going to do with these feelings? And I think that question is being posed to all of us. And I don't think there's a simple answer here. There's not a one size fits all, oh, this is what you need to do. I think it's about tolerating these really, really complex, difficult emotions and and tolerating this the, dis, the discomfort of of looking into the future and not seeing what it, it looks like you know and not having a, a shape of things you know and and that's it, it's huge and so i think for people who have faith people who have spirituality mm-hmm. this is when spirituality comes into it you know this is when people's ideas of what is beyond our human existence, what is beyond the material world? What can we rely on that is a source of life and um, meaning that is beyond what we do for our jobs and whether our kids go to, go to school or what grades they get or whether I make the best cookies or, you know, all of that stuff. And, and for those who don't have a spiritual, you know, connection, then I think you've got to connect within you've got to go you've got to go deep within and that's when things like meditation mindfulness any kind of practice where you are actually connecting with the internal world that is that is actually a universal kind of consciousness if you will just to get a bit airy fairy out there but you know the idea that if you still your mind if you quieten you there, there is peace within us and it's a it's a complex thing to talk about because if you haven't experienced it, you don't know. But I think anyone who's maybe practiced yoga or done meditation will understand what I'm talking about. There mm. is there is a, there is something beyond the the mind and and all the words and thoughts that we say to ourselves. There's something beyond that. And if we can connect with that, we can actually connect to and find the peace within us. That will that will help us. Yeah, just I suppose be with all these feelings and, and this experience. I think um, this time has certainly felt like a day of reckoning in terms of just taking stock um, of where we're at in our lives. And Kali, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on The Great Equalizer and kind of just talking us through 
uh, the chaos that's happening in our heads. I hope it won't be the last time that we have you on board. Wow. Mm. Let me just say, I found that so... It's really interesting what she's saying. And, and again, she's giving... She gave me permission in that discussion. I felt like it felt like he was talking to me. Yeah. And just saying, whatever, whatever you're doing, you, you're coping. You're doing okay. The, the fact that you have gotten through today and managed a day, you're doing a great job. What a, it's really very encouraging. I found what she had to say very encouraging. It's like when we go back. When we, we've mentioned this before, that both of us do this, that when we're in under normal circumstances, when we're going through our to-do list, mm. um, and we don't quite get through everything, then we write things down that we did do in addition, and we tick that. Mm. We like add it afterwards and just give it a tick, even though it's already just done. Because it's like, yes, I managed this, and I need recognition for this. Yeah. So why aren't we doing that now? Why aren't, and why aren't we seeing, you know, I cooked dinner mm. or I gave my children three square meals today and a couple of snacks. Um, we did a little bit of educational something or another or I sat mm. down and I played hard with them. And instead of doing that, I'm going, fuck, I didn't get well, to didn't my work it. today. Mm. And I'm beating myself up at when it comes to the end of the day. I'm doing all the things. I'm I'm finishing my chores. I'm getting Elijah to sleep. Um, you know, just finalizing everything in the house, packing his activity bag for the next day. And it comes to like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm going, should I really need to focus on my work tomorrow? Beating myself up. So mm. I like. I think that's the the bottom line for me is just. Just be, Sam. You're allowed to, I've been thinking, why are you depressed? You know, on the days that I'm depressed. Why? And I'm just like, well, I don't need to actually say why. It just is, you know? I yeah. just am. Can I just tell you something that stood out for me like a pole above water is when she, I, I was like, I wanted to like scream out and be like, right? <laughs> when, she said, when she said that, um, do you do you like ever wonder about people who don't have kids? Do they just like Netflix and get like so bored that they, they don't know what to do with themselves and just like envy them? Yes. I I I have that every single solitary day of my life in this lockdown. Not a day goes by that I don't think about it. In fact, I have to force myself to try and not think about it because it's making me so depressed that that isn't my situation. Yes. Boredom. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Look, I can't recommend enough two resources um, following this interview. And that's in the lead up to it. I listened to Carly's podcast um, on primal anxiety. So dealing with anxiety in um, the time of the coronavirus is what it, the episode is called. And it's before lockdown. Um, so just to give you context, but the way that she explained anxiety made me want to have her on our show. And so we took a turn for just moms dealing with, you know, mom stuff. But she speaks about, you know, anxiety in general and, um, you know, kind of what's happening in the world. So I strongly recommend that podcast, On the Couch with Carly. 
And then also keep an eye on her collaboration with uh, The New Normal. We always talk about it, this Oh Baby, What the Fuck, this toolkit that they've created. It's like their secret weapon, um, how they draw similarities with the newborn haze. And for new moms or expecting moms or people who are in and around that phase, um, how they draw similarities and speak about a loss of social life, restricted movement, uncertainty, loneliness. I'm not talking about... uh, newbornness only i'm not talking about uh, the corona you know we're sitting in lockdown but these are all similar feelings that we're having it's just crazy the you know that you can draw a comparison like that and they've just kind of put it all in one concise seminar and i actually want to want to hit one up one of these days so i can review it for you guys um yeah other than that i think we should keep talking you know that we're always around guys Yes, listeners, you know this. If you want to chat to us or weigh in on any of these topics or just get something off your chest, uh, laugh, cry, even if it's just to try and get some uh, distraction from the coronavirus or if you want to talk about any anxiety or or feelings of helplessness that you've had, we're not professionals, but we can, we're an ear to listen and a shoulder to cry on. Please DM us a voice note on Instagram at the great equalize the podcast or record one on your phone and hit us up over email the great equalizer.za at gmail.com. Also feel free to tag us in Instagram or Facebook posts. Um, we're always around. We'll um, join you in that discussion. Uh, we don't want you to forget about us. Yeah, your support is super important to us. We always say this, every like, every love, every comment, every share, um, it means the world to us and it really uh, opens our platform up to to more people um, and that's what really helps us to do what we're doing best. If you've had a listen to us during uh, the lockdown period and you've enjoyed what we've put out, please, please, please review us. Um, on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform that you're listening on or rate us on Facebook. We just um, want to be seen um, so that other people can can latch on to the TGE ethos of no judges. And remember, if you want to be reminded of um, new episodes, hit that subscribe button, guys. Exactly. And I mean, even if not every episode or every topic we cover um, is, uh, relevant or poignant to you, uh, please do uh, share what what we're putting out with moms or friends that that you do know that might find what we're talking about helpful. Because the more we're seen, the better this podcast will do, and the better we can be for you. So, guys, just a note: we'll be taking a break for a few weeks in would what would have normally been our Easter holiday hiatus, uh, but we'll be around. Uh, so touch base with us. We we are going to be around, but we are not going to be putting out a new episode until you hear from us. So just stay tuned to our social media platforms to see when that's happening again. Um, yeah, happy Easter. Um, mm-hmm. I hope your Easter bunny doesn't have the Rona. But if <laughs> <laughs> if you have dug into, climbed into the the Easter stash, then you can always use that as an excuse. We'll back you guys. <laughs> Well, I'll be having an, a marshmallow Easter egg for my birthday this year. I suspect that's the only present I'll be waking up to on my birthday. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, cool. I think that's it for this week. Until next time, keep, keep your, your mom, mom game strong. strong.
for more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. Want something a little more personal? Email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.